Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Yes, you're tuned into Karina and I'm Iris. Um, joined today right now with Shah. How are you going? Hey everyone. Yeah, I'm going good today. The sun came out, the rain is nice. Um, thanks to Encyclopedia for, for the previous show. Today on Karina we got... A uh, little chat with Sh- Shah about their card project and much more. And later we'll be talking to Mama Alto and Mr. Munro about trans magic. Um, but before we get into all of that, I'm just going to start off with an acknowledgement of country. Um, I'd like to acknowledge that we're broadcasting over the lands of the Kulin Nations, um, the Wurundjeri and Bunurong peoples. These lands were stolen and a treaty has never been signed Indigenous sovereignty has never been ceded. Genocide and colonisation are ongoing uh, on these lands around us, and I'd like to pay my respect to Indigenous elders, past, present and future, and acknowledge um, um, ind- any Indigenous people tuning in today or in the future. I'd also because, second that. Um, yeah. It's been a, a bad time in terms of Ongoing injustice is just touching on a few news items. Mm-hmm. Um, like this is there was, in the last week, there was this justice for Barrable week or two, um, a few rallies, and we saw hundreds of people standing up for the injustice that is um, an issue, that, issue that's been going for decades because there's a, there's a killer that hasn't been brought to justice that's murdered. Um, three Aboriginal people and the justice system has no interest in that case, it seems. And, it's take, and yeah, hundreds of people are organising around that in recent weeks. Yeah, so yeah, it. check out that. And we've both been in Jopperong country. Yeah, yeah. the trees. Everyone should That's get ongoing. out there. The weather's getting warmer now and it's... The camp is lit. I'm like so proud of everyone that's been out there, all the eco-warriors that are standing strong on that sovereign land. It's real beautiful. I can't wait to get back. Yeah. Um, so introducing Shah, um, you have been an MC of the Coco Butter Club. You're a compulsive creator, nomadic, fancy girl, dream weaver, and nature boy. Um, you've mixed it up and stood tall for the birthright of art making and reality creation birthed on Turtle Island and relocated to the Australian landscape as a young adult. Their ancestors are from everywhere, and they are their guides. They are a new agent, a futuristic whiz kid extraordinaire. extraordinaire. They believe in truth, soothsaying, and maintaining the rage on the stage. They are here on Spaceship Earth for the good fire, good, no, good food, good fire, and good friends. Hey. It's quite a... A uh, nice bio and good summary of everything that is you. Is <laughs> my bio for everything. You know, people have these bios that, and people change them or whatever, but I just am like, working with children can have that. New, you know, like, projects can have that. The internet can have that. I do feel like it sums it up. And what else more is there to say, you know? I guess I'll add to it as my life continues. Maybe I'll change my name, though, I'm thinking. Mm. 
I've been shy for a while. I'm like, I guess it sticks and it's kind of, I don't know. I'm not yeah. that attached to How it anymore. How did you come up with your name? You're not attached to it anymore. Well, I was just 15. I was looking at the stars and I was like, maybe. I was trying to change my MySpace name. <laughs> I was like, maybe I'll be Stargaze. And then I was like, nah, I don't want to be Star. But Shah is in my, I don't call it a dead name. It's not even a birth name. I just feel like it's like my kid name. So she's still alive, but she's not really around. She's more like a ghost these days. Mm. And now Shah is kind of feeling more like a ghost. So I'm like, maybe mm. I'll change it soon. Yeah. I could change my life at any point, really, though. Like, You can. You can. What's to lose? Like, yeah. Besides your Facebook name, my face name, <laughs> or your hashtag. Yeah, I can't. Just yeah, just thinking on that, thinking changing names. Mm. I think it's so nice to choose your name, right? Um, apart from all the bureaucratic transfer beer and everything, exactly. It's been great to choose my name, yes. and people should come up with their own names as well. You don't have to stay with the same name. You have different names for different parts of your life and all that sort of shit. Or different days, like yeah, just do whatever you want, really. And the paperwork stuff, like fuck. So, I mean, oh, no. I just swear. Did I say it? Yeah, just a language warning for some, this interview. <laughs> I'm so sorry, all the little children that heard that. I'll put money in the swear jar. <laughs> I forget. I forgot where I was for a minute. Um, That's okay. I yeah. think our listeners will be... Um, forgiving of me. Forgiving of us. Yeah. Well, love y'all. It's so nice to be here today. Thanks for having me, Iris. And yeah, it's a pleasure to have you. Um, yeah, it's just talking a little bit more about about you um how long have you been art making and all the other things well I feel like it's kind of been forever like we all all of us as kids were making stuff you know yeah and I feel like at some point there was like a spell or something gets said or someone says something that makes you stop and that happened to me too um and then I just started I don't know. It didn't really feel like the cord was ever fully broken, you know. Everything we do is creating, even getting dressed in the morning or mm-hmm. even the way we observe things. Like I feel like the observer or the listener um, is just as important as the creator often. So even appreciating art is an art form. So, yeah, in that regard, I don't think there was ever really a chain broken. But in terms of like kicking it up and really using it as a tool, um, I don't know, 10 years ago, just whenever I kind of broke free from school and from all that nonsense and um, really just started to see how healing it was. Like it just helped me with heaps of deal with heaps of trauma and helped me connect with other people. And I just love it as like all art making, just as a way of life, I just feel like, and I think, yeah, Indigenous people all know that black people know that like it's the only thing that you know there really is um the end of the day when it comes to what we're contributing even just like collaborating with the land and collaborating with what's available and what's around us and i just really appreciate that part of the human experience yeah definitely there's so much power in art and yeah you've summed it up really well um you're also like quite the prolific artist you work with so many things like text the video to images to paint text uh, I don't know like I think like the list could go on um and you have like such a like a beautiful sort of colorful palette in your art often mm, yeah I'm pretty like 
I just want to eat, you know? Like, I feel like my soul and my eyes are, like, hungry. And so (laughs) I like looking at things and creating, like, textural things and interdimensional things, you know, things that have layers and that I can really, like, dive into and have a full kind of embodied experience of. And it's really, yeah, it's like a form of ceremony and a form of connecting with nature that is colourful. The rainbow is everywhere. Mm. So that's why I love using lots of colour and I just feel like... I'm so, yeah, just grateful for all the colourful people that I see around and just, like, birds and, (laughs) yeah. I'm pretty inspired often by just colour and texture, so that does take me to places for sure. Yeah, I think you've sort of touched on this a bit, but a lot of your work sort of mixes politics and art, like, seamlessly. What do you think about the relationship between art and politics? Well, as, like, a black queer body, it never... I never really thought about it, you know, I couldn't really, you can't really mm. detract or separate. I think for a while, though, both those things were hidden, you know, it was like through art, it was kind of like, that was my way of sending hidden messages to the world, like, yeah. here I am, <laughs> like, this is my story. And and I think when I was younger, I didn't realise that that was a political act. I'm so popular today. That's my phone going up. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so I didn't realise that it was a political act until then, looking back and then, yeah, being proud of my younger self for all the things that I was doing that in, yeah, being of who I am was an act of resistance and defiance in the face of, yeah, but I never really, I don't know, I haven't come up against a lot of resistance to my art, mm. which sometimes makes me feel like i got to keep pushing it, you know, because you can always be more explicit or you can tell your story louder, you know, if it, is the, the, it is a space for it. Um, but I'm also really um, interested in collaborating and at the moment I'm making, like, documentaries, like, filming stuff and I'm really interested in bringing other people's stories out and I studied art therapy for that reason too. Like, once I started activating my artist, it then became clear that it's like anything, like, unless it's shared, I don't really feel mm. like it It doesn't satisfy me to be, like, a yeah. you know, an artist that's yeah. just doing that and is kind of isolated in that role. Um, Because I really feel like to thrive in my own life and to look out into the world and see people thriving, people all need to be free to make art and to have the resources available for that and not be made to feel shame or um, that they don't have time or whatever. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, you're touching on, like, um, art is community-driven rather than an individualistic sort of pursuit. Yeah, Yeah, of course, and it not being this classist, like, elitist thing that's locked up in all these ideas. I think that's why people don't do it because they think that they don't have access or it's not going to make them money Mm. or all that stuff plays into why you don't see. But I feel like the world's getting heaps creative. The internet definitely blew everything up in a really beautiful way for me because I just felt like, yeah, I was affirmed so much that there were more people on that same frequency and that art and your ideas are not just your sole property, that it's actually a collective experience and we all get the messages and art is just when you choose to bring that through in some way or another. And, um, yeah, and I feel like it's a real precious gift that we all have. Yeah, so, yeah, there are a lot of, like, barriers in terms of, like, challenges mm-hmm. Um particularly artists that don't have much privileges in, like, white supremacist, capitalist, uh, mm. ableist society. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, what sort of challenges do you sort of have to navigate? Well, there's no money, mm. you know. Like, all my family are artists. Um, my family are from 
was stolen from Africa and brought to America, than like one part of my family, um, you know, and African-Americans, I just feel like made a whole culture from nothing. Like, and it's been one of the most prolific, I guess, cultural inputs that I know of. Like, I'm like, you know, it's a real standout. And to see my family who are all geniuses, still the working poor, still struggling, not eat, you know, like it, mm. it's hard to watch people that are such geniuses kind of be rewarded with nothing but, yeah, more oppression, more pain um, in the name of nothing, really in the name of profit for other people who then often steal that art and make art that's not even that good. And, yeah, so that's kind of a real thing for me. I really get upset about, like, yeah, cultural appropriation and just the blatant theft and disrespect of my ancestors. Um, but that's always a place to make art from. That's what's annoying. It's like, oh, the pain makes for art. But it's like I'm trying to get out of that binary as well because it's like mm. we shouldn't have to be in this situation. And, um, yeah, and I don't – I've kind of found, figured out ways to exist without money. You know, like I don't – I used to struggle a lot more, but it's kind of like I've just recognised that I'm not – here for that and it's not a system that really cares about me so I try not to care about it and try and just work out creative ways but creativity has definitely helped me living in poverty to mm. make you know a life for myself and create a reality that I would rather and feel healthier in um but yeah and just like access to spaces I really feel like space is the place like black and POC people in Nam and Indigenous people need more spaces mm. that are free, no strings attached to create in and to bring our stories in because white supremacy does rule in the art scene here still and generally because space and resources are given to very specific niches of people making very specific niches of art. Um, and so that's just one solution I would see to make it more accessible to people who are not able to, yeah, access it because of blah, blah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, now sort of touching on, I think, like, the first time I met you mm. was at Footscray Community Arts Centre at a exhibition opening, I think it was. Mm. And at that, uh, that, was, that was a fun night to me. I was introduced a bit to your card deck project at that night, I think, as well. Um, so it was... I don't know what year it was, but some time ago. Yeah. Um, could you tell listeners about sort of the ideas behind your card deck project? Okay. Well, so four years ago, I wrote a – well, I was, like, on a train. I was going into the forest. My friend had, like, this shack out in the, the forest. I can't even remember. In near the Dandenongs. I don't know what country that is. But I was just on the train going out there because I was feeling real – um, oppressed by city vibes so I was like I need to go out and just be around some trees and then on that train I started writing just stuff about symbols that I was seeing in my life like like um just everything I was just trying to like put together the things and the themes that I was seeing coming up for me in my life and I read tarot so I've read tarot for like six years um so I really like the idea of like um distilling the information and stuff in your head and putting it out on the table. That's why I like tarot and that's what I was trying to do by writing out this stuff kind of in um, symbolic form. So I ended up with this document, this PDF, because then I came back and typed it up. And then I just started sending it out to artists and friends that I knew. 
um, to read because I was just like, this is an interesting thing. And then someone, I think, suggested or I just had the idea, like, this would be a cool fortune-telling deck or, like, a cool tarot alternative um, or, yeah, a card deck that people could use for their own um, sorting and um, processing. So, yeah, people started getting back to me with artworks for this, for, like, the symbols that I had written and there was a hundred of them and it just took me about four years of continually bringing up to people and um, talking to artists and I've now collated like a hundred unique original artworks from 92 artists some people did two and I did a couple Um, so there's 92 artists involved from 17 continents Um, yeah I just really tried to center black and brown an indigenous artist in the deck and I'm they're going to be circular and I'm just trying to crowdfund them um the crowdfund doesn't kick off though for another month so I'm preparing to crowdfund them so I can get them printed for the artists first and foremost um and I'm encouraging the artists as well to give any profit like if I don't know I don't know if it will be a thing it's like I've never made a product before or like made mm. a thing like this and I'm really conflicted because I'm like you know we don't really need more stuff in the world. Um, but it is a real magical object, like, and I feel like it resonates on so many levels because it's coming from so many different people's stories. And I just like the um, the structure of the project too, of bringing together all these different voices who don't really have to do much to be a part of it but who now are all connected through art making. And um, it's called You Are Fortunate which is kind of speaking to like when people get their fortune told, they like want to know that they're going to be okay or whatever. But it's kind of like from the get-go, it's like if you're already in that situation where you are reading from this and you're with someone, you're in a fortunate position of being alive. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then going from that place place of appreciation, I kind of want them to kind of be a bit more about like creative prompts and perspectives and ways of looking at things that could help if someone did have like a question they wanted to ask them or they're also just really beautiful collectors Mm. because they're just all 16 centimeter diameter, like beautiful circular windows into there's like illustration, photography. It's amazing. I'm really amazed by it that it all even just came together. Um, But yeah, you can check it out on Instagram. If Mm. you, I think it's at you are fortunate. Uh, and that's one of the projects that I've been working on. It's just a long, slow burner, and but I really want to birth it uh, this year. That's my plan, to bring it out there. So, yeah, I think I'm going to launch it at the um, Footscray Community Arts at the Art Centre, Footscray Community Arts Centre um, for the ECL showcase. I've been a part of the ECL program. So, if you, yeah, if you look up What's ECL. What's the ECL program? Well, ECL is Emerging Cultural Leaders. Um, and I was a bit weird about, like, I found all three of those words weird, like emerging. I'm like, what does that mean? I'm already yeah. here. Um, leaders, leadership, I feel like, is a real energy that's important, but it's shared generally. Mm, so it's yeah. not like an archetype that I feel like is fixed in any way. And then cultural, obviously, we're, you know, all benefiting from this stolen situation and this yeah. oppression of another culture. So it's been really... Um, confronting, interrogating that, um, but also really amazing. And um, Annie Caroline and Uncle Larry Walsh are there and they've been really amazing mm. to connect with and Paola Bala and talking about what it does mean to create art and to be um, here um, alongside Indigenous people who whose fight is continual and how to 
yeah, best share our stories and continue to fight that good fight alongside. So mm. it's but that's been the thing that's been highlighted the most through working with Footscray because I feel like they do put in a good effort to like interrogate what community is and what it could be mm. and open the space up. And so I was attracted to it for that reason. And yeah, I've had an amazing time. Yeah. Um, yeah. For our listeners, could you describe a few of the cards, what they oh, sort of sure. look like? Okay. Um, um, so I've, there's like eight sections. Um, one of them is character cards. So they have things like a cat card, for instance, and a child card. Um, there's like a initiate card. It kind of speaks to people, the things like our everyday lives, kind of like people and characters. Um, and they're, yeah, to focus on, like, different characters that may be in your life or maybe within you. Um, and then there's perspective cards. They're kind of about things like uh, ways in which you can filter the world. Um, so there's, like, a sci-fi card. There's, mm. like, a um, resistance card. There's cards yeah. kind of about, yeah, ways in which you can interact um, and things, like, highlighting things that are very real realities. Um and then there's seven love cards. So I really wanted to speak to seven different types of love. Um, so there's like best friend in best friends, we trust love. There's like adventure love. There's like inspiring ideas, love. So like all the different um, aspects of love that I've been lucky enough to kind of synthesize and understand. Um, and then, yeah, but there's heaps. There's like family cards, like all sorts. And there's artists from everywhere, like East Timor, Arnhem Land, Philippines, Turtle Island, like yeah, wow. Africa, this is like everywhere. So it's really interesting, the writing that I've made and then the interpretation of. Um, but yeah, if you can check them out on Instagram and see some of them there. And yeah, I've just got to work out how to bring something like that through and just continue to, it's hard being making something I don't know there's a lot of self-doubt that I've had that's why it's taken me four years Mm. there's just a lot of like is this you know and it's there's all sorts of things that go along with it but I'm just like staying yeah just chipping away at it and staying true to the vision of it and trying to make sure that I cover all aspects and have it all yeah like together for the people yeah I wish you all the best for the project I can't wait to go to the launch and all the yeah all of that yeah. Um, so moving on to things that are coming up for you, you're uh-huh. involved in a few things. Yeah, yeah. That are coming up. Yeah, Wednesday night. That? Yeah, Wednesday night. There's a fringe show. Um, everyone should get to. It's at the Lithuanian Club at six thirty. Um, it's Floating Key, um, reclaiming the naming. So Floating Key is a curatorial like event platform that. Um, a good, very good friend of mine from Tonal Island, China Elise, is who's the founder, um, has created. And it's centering Black and Poc and Indigenous space bodies in spaces um, for things like everything from like lectures, club nights, theatre. We kind of just want to, it's just a creative, um, yeah, happening. Uh, and so Wednesday's event, though, is at the Lithuanian Club for Fringe and I've made some videos for it and I'll be doing some spoken word. There's spoken word from Idol and Asia, um, if people know those names. but And I think um, Dreaming Now is playing, Neil Morris um, and Danny Sib. Okay. It's just like a whole host of amazing black excellence and I'm really excited about that. Um, so, yeah, uh, 6.30 on Wednesday at Lithuanian Club 
um, get yourself there. It's open to everyone. Um, and it's kind of going to be like a, we're calling it like an experience, you know, it's going to be a bit of a mashup of mm. all the things. And it's kind of to create an intentional space to really, um, yeah, look at what reclaiming looks like and is in this context of stolen land and also find where our voices are most um, useful and most potent and how to collaborate uh, with other people and create, mm. yeah, like support and awareness around black indigeneity and um, being, yeah, of the diaspora and being in these spaces that are um, colonial and white supremacist and really trying to like push through and reclaim our stories for ourselves so that we're not being exploited and yeah, that's the aim. But it's going to be so beautiful. I've made such beautiful videos. And there's and mm. Tonga Tem has made a beautiful video. Oh, wow. It's just, like, going to be really full of some really great stuff. So don't miss out. Don't yes. sleep on that. Yeah, 6.30 at the Lithuani- Lithuanian Club mm-hmm. in on North Wednesday. Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, North, North Melbourne. Melbourne. Yeah. And check out the Fringe website, um, Floating Key, Reclaim, Reclaiming the Naming. Or yeah, if you type Floating Key um, into the Fringe website, you find it, Pops. Yeah, cool. Um, you're also doing a little workshop at the Queer Ideas Festival. Yeah, for all the kids, all the cuties. All these children are coming together. I don't. They're not children, young people, um, but they're like 13 to 20, I'm pretty sure, and a lot of them are coming from rural Victoria and it's just going to be a really great time for like queer young people to get together and talk about the issues that affect them and make friends and there's going to be concerts. It's going to be just a whole lot of fun for them um, over next week. Uh, I don't know. If, I don't think it's open to the public, but it's good for mm. you all to know that it's going on. Mm. Essentially all these young people are going to get together and um, write out solutions for them um, when it comes to school, community and relationships. And, um, yeah, we'll just really get an idea of, where they're at and hopefully facilitate a really good time for them all to connect and yeah I'm just saying hi to mama Alter well, and the they're so beautiful um you can if, can they come in and we should welcome mama Alter and i can't see if oh yes oh hi. Hi. <laughs> you were my house the other day um yes yeah, so we're hi. on so just pop on your mics on hello in. queering the air mama alto's Hello, here. So nice to see you. And Mama you. Alto, Hello. do you want to hop around to that mic there? Yeah, I'll take this off. Hi, Sha. Oh, how are you going? Together. I'm going so well. <laughs> how are you? Mwah. Yeah, so a little on-air reunion. Yes. Yeah, just if anyone's tuned in right now, you're listening to Queering the Air on 3CR Community Radio. Um, I'm Iris, and I'm joined in the studio now with Mama and George. Hello. And, Hello. And Sha's here too. Yeah, yeah. I might go soon though. But yeah, um, there was just, just one thing I was going to oh, ask yeah. Shar about before oh, you yeah. leave us, and that was about what's on today. Is oh, where on? I'm going. Yeah, I'm going to Afrohub. Um, there is a, it's like a ode to jazz, free jam kind of vibe, and China Elise is going to be singing. I know. I'm really excited about that. Yeah, wow. Because they haven't sung here before, and they're from Detroit. Home of jazz, so I'm excited to see which ancestors come through and what comes through from that. And then, um, who else is playing? Volta, I think that's Mimo and Yusuf. 
um, and Delali, and then Christabel is also playing, um, who I had the pleasure of seeing last week, who makes amazing music. Some people just like, I don't even know people make music, and then all of a sudden I'm like, what? Like, the yeah. things that come out, everyone is so magical, and I'm just so grateful. <laughs> Wee. Yeah, Wee. sounds so amazing. So it's an Afro Hub, yeah, I'm going there. It goes till seven, so... If but you're, you're quite a you're quite a magical creative yourself. Well, true. I've just <laughs> talked about that though. First half, <laughs> first half I've been there, and yeah. but yeah, I just always trying to find that balance, you know, between because yeah. I gas myself. I love myself. I, I am just so. All I mean, this. somebody's got to. Well, right. You know, it's like it's exactly. I came in and it's me, but I just love everyone else so much as well that I know. I just am like I think because I had no friends when I was little. And then mm-hmm. I like dreamed. I it feels like I've dreamed everyone up. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, what? Like, I didn't actually know it was possible. To that know moment this where you look around and go, people. I'm not the only one. Literally, there are people like me. Literally, a lot. <laughs> That's what I'm so overwhelmed by. I'm like, wow, there's a lot of us. <laughs> like, it's magic. It's so yeah. Every day, I'm just so grateful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. I cool. think that's. I think Shah's going to say goodbye Peace to out. us right now. I'm going to. But um, then we're all going to be hanging out at the Lithuanian Club all week. Right? Yeah, we will be. When's your, yeah, well, oh so gosh. we're Tuesday and Tuesday. you're Wednesday, Wednesday or Thursday? Wednesday. Wednesday. Okay, I'll be there Tuesday yeah. too. <laughs> oh my gosh, how exciting. Because, of course, anyone with a Fringe Artist Pass or who, who works in the Fringe Hub venues right. gets to come along to us for free as well. Right? So. I know. I got me that pass. feel like a VIP. I mean, you're always a VIP. Well, True. You know, I was just telling my you're story. a VIP to me. VIP to your heart. Yeah. That's in so some nice. senses. We just met and that's yeah. just so loving. In some um, senses, the moment a human being is born, they become a VIP. Exactly. Yeah. We all won, you know? <laughs> we all won the gift of coming here. So. You know, it's the one race I did win, and um, right? I think that's pretty impressive. We all, we, like everyone, you see, it's like, wow, mm. we did it. We yeah. came to planet Earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming on, Shah. Um, no worries, Iris. You're listening to a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned to hear the rest of your 3CR podcast. Um, you're listening to Queering Nia on 3CR Community Radio. Um, goodbye, Shah. Um, Bye. I'm now just going to introduce Mama Alter and Mr. Munro. Um, Mama Alter is a gender-transcendent diva, cabaret artist, jazz singer, and community activist. Mr. Munro is a genderqueer chanteuse, a sharp mind, and emer- an emerging producer. And I have the pleasure to talk to them both today about many things, including trans magic. But first, I'm just um, going to touch on... I think you... I believe you both came from the Multicultural Queer Trans Intersex AGMC conference to be with us. Yes. How well, was I was that? just Mama's driver. <laughs> you know, no, Mix Monroe was not a conference delegate because they were actually at a singing lesson with one of my beautiful opera singing friends who I recommended to them as a... You know, sometimes it's really great to get that, that kind of... the real authentic opera training... Mm. as distinct to the singing training, which is often quite destructive that some classical singers would teach. Mm. This dear friend of mine knows their stuff. And so when we were talking about helping Mix Munro discover 
the rest of their range because it's hard, especially yeah, as a trans and gender diverse person, to find your range. Mm. But sometimes that really good classical open throat singing breathing techniques are very helpful. So Mix Munro was at a singing lesson this morning and I was at the conference this morning the, uh, the A at the AGMC, which stands for the Australian GLBTIQA+. Yep. I'm not sure why the G is at the front. Mm. We never um, do know why the G is at the front. <laughs> Multicultural Council and it's their annual conference, Living and Loving and Diversity. And I, yeah, I just did a great session uh, just over the last hour or so um, talking about queer people of colour um, in the creative industries and the arts and how we can leverage art for change and how storytelling and, and creativity in our society play a vital role in in social change and social justice. It was a, it was a great selection of panellists. We had Adolfo Aranjuez from Archer Magazine and we had Davy Thompson, who is from Ilbidri Theatre, and we had Mark Nanup, who is a works across several different groups, but is the uh, Indigenous coordinator for Midsummer and is a member of the Victorian NIDOC Day Committee. So, uh, and instrumental in the Because of Her We Can movement here in Victoria. So it was also great to really centre Indigenous voices as well as voices of colour um, and migrant voices in a, in a multicultural queer setting. It was great to see how the conference is managing and the book that's associated with the conference is managing to put together in tandem, our queerness and our multiculturalism, which is a word mm. I don't really like. Uh, yeah. But, you know, diversity beyond whiteness, maybe I like to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How often do we have to use the words that we don't really like? Quite a lot. Mm. Quite a lot. Yeah, just backtracking a bit on the singing stuff. Like, um, I had... I was fortunate enough to join a choir you initiated that yes. was only transgender choir um, when I was running some time ago. And yeah, well, and, and we keep saying we need to get the band back together. We do, we do. But trying <laughs> to herd a bunch of trans people into a room to do rehearsals is much like herding cats. Yes, we're, we're yes. all really busy. We all have hectic schedules and sometimes you just don't have the energy to sing in a group yeah. of people. So we have to figure out a strategy but that's one of the keys, isn't it, is getting organised in any kind yeah. of music, in any kind of social justice. Just bake in any a kind cake. Of bake a cake. Yeah. But I have so many intolerances that I would never make someone bake a cake for me. It would be a painful process. Although Iris is an expert baker as well. Yes, I am. So I might be able to set you a challenge with a list of all the things I cannot eat or else I will be yeah, very, I'll, very ill. Yeah, I'll bake you a cake sometime, I reckon. You've heard it here, listeners on Korean, yeah, I'm going to bake my cake. It's going to be a, a monumental challenge. She can eat. <laughs> <laughs> it's just what be, have you signed yourself up it's for? It's just going to be sugar cubes <laughs> placed up on top of each other. Sugar cubes and a squeeze of lemon, a dash of soy milk on top. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, sort of now introducing one of the main... Um, topics we're going to talk about today. Um, so disclosure, I'm also part of Trans Magic, um, which we're now going to talk about, which is a show at Fringe Festival on Tuesday night at 8 p.m. 8 p.m. at the Lithuanian Club in North Melbourne. Um, and check the Fringe website out, website out for more details on that. So I'm interested first in the genesis of Trans Magic. How did it come to be that idea? Well, um, Melbourne Fringe has gone through a monumental and quite fascinating culture shift over the last five years or so. 
uh, where the staff there are really interested in representing and reflecting and including the diversity that already exists in the artistic community. So I often like to talk about diversity. A lot of people think that diversity is about throwing open the gates and letting people in who have been pushed out otherwise. But I often say actually another big part of diversity culture is recognising that we are all already here. Mm. You just have to open your eyes to the mm. fact that we're here and give us platforms and give us the opportunity to raise our voices, all the diverse people across intersecting marginalities, across so many different uh, marginalities and, and identities. So Fringe has gone through a shift where they have definitely been trying over the last couple of years to prioritise and platform uh, voices that have otherwise been minoritised in mainstream arts contexts and make it a bit less of a struggle for us. So uh, a lot of programs that champion First Nations voices, youth voices, elderly voices, working class voices, and as part of that they became really interested in looking at who are the emerging and established fringe trans and gender diverse artists because historically fringe festivals and mainstream arts festivals are dominated not just by uh, cisgender men but often by cisgender men who perform as drag queens mm. and sometimes with very damaging results for trans communities. Mm. So it's been a great thrill for me as a solo artist to be involved in Fringe for the last six years and witness this shift and uh, present my solo shows and produce shows for others. And then um, this year I had not actually considered what I might do for Fringe but the Fringe CEO, uh, Simon Abrahams, the artistic director there, called me up and said, it's essential that in the Fringe Hub, which is a collection of venues in North Melbourne that the Fringe produces events for, that the Fringe Hub have a keynote event that champions trans and gender diverse voices. We would love to do this in the, in the Fringe Hub's main theatre at the Lithuanian Club. Would you come on board as a curator? Uh, and my initial thought was, I'm so tired I'm so tired of having yeah. to shoulder and represent. And so I said, I would love to, and it's a great cause, but I'm so tired. They said, would you like to co-curate it with someone? I called up Mix Monroe. I was like, help me. <laughs> and so then it became Melbourne Fringe, Mama Out and Mix Monroe present Trans Magic. And I'm so happy I got the call. Mm, yeah, how was the phone call? <gasps> you know, it was... I feel like it's also been like a little seed that I've been trying to plant in Mama's head for ages because I just think I remember when I first met Mama, I think I followed her around for a whole year and went to nearly every single show that she did. I think it was it was like maybe 16 in like six or seven months. Like I was I was ready to be the official groupie and I just I was so enthralled and so captivated by the magic the power and the narrative of all of her shows that I just you know I wanted to learn from her I wanted I wanted to just have that experience and to know you know what goes on behind the scenes to make the magic happen mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know and um, I, I think I'm very lucky in the sense that you know I did get to meet someone that I admired a lot and learn and learn from them and that's that's not something everyone gets to say that they've done. So I'm just having a little weep in the corner here. <laughs> oh, yeah. A little weep. <laughs> yeah, some magical tears being shed in the studios right now. Um, yeah, in terms of the title, like, what was 
the idea behind the title? Well, for me, it was um, as um, it's that kind of it's it's that multiply marginalized. It's that double barreled kind of thing where it's not just my queerness and my transness, mm. but it's also being a person of color and being a woman of mm. color. And um, and it's been so empowering for me over the years to see uh, the slogans and the hashtags and the social movements, um, particularly on social media, becoming more and more popular, of ideas of, more recently we've had the idea of POC magic, of, mm. of brown magic, and of black girl magic is the big trending hashtag at the moment, black girl magic, as an expression for the excellence of people of colour the undeniable excellence and uh, and skill and genius and power and beauty that we hold that is not necessarily understood in a conventional Eurocentric understanding of what excellence or genius or beauty or power is. And so that term magic became a way to express it because it's like this is not for you and you don't understand it and you might never understand it, but it's here and it's for us and it's great and you get to witness and enjoy it as well, but it's ours. And that mm. kind of inspired me, this idea of... And uh, some people who I know in, in our kind of POC... Well, QDPOC, we often self-identify queer, trans, Indigenous and people of colour. Because um, we, ga- we we have a quite a community going on. We gather most frequently in online spaces, but then sometimes when we manage it in physical real-life spaces... And one of one of my friends in one of these cutie pop groups was saying, "Oh, I so I was saying I don't know how I do it. You know, I get so exhausted, but I try really hard, and I organise these big events, and we try to do our best for the community whilst also making art, whilst also caring for ourselves, whilst also having fun. And I don't know, I'm just running on adrenaline and tea." And she said, "No, you're running on brown lady magic. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of twisting that trope of black girl magic or POC magic to make it specific to being a brown lady." So when I had to come up for a title for this show, and this show is it's a gala variety presentation with several different acts from several different, very, very different and disparate art mm. forms, but thrown together, and the key linking theme is trans excellence. So then I thought, well, I think I'm going to call it trans magic because it is that similar thing where it is a marginalised identity group who possess excellence, beauty, power, intelligence, genius, provocation, challenges, agitation, all of these things that we possess that are excellent, that are powerful, that are centred in our experiences, but that might be indecipherable to to a mainstream audience, you know, or to a cisgender ontology or, or to use less big academic inaccessible words to someone who isn't trans or gender diverse. Yeah. And... Um, so I liked the idea of the title, linking it with that idea of the ways in which marginalised people can empower themselves through the arts, through expressing our excellence. And that was the title, Trans Magic. It was quite funny because we have ended up with a non-binary magician in the show mm. doing some magic tricks. Yes. So- <laughs> Yeah. Which was not actually my intention in naming the show, but these things happen. It's fun. We do. Yeah, and we yeah we should talk more about what um, people attending can expect from the show. So you mentioned um, Creatrix Tiara. Creatrix there. Tiara is a 
is on the list. It's it's a huge lineup. I'm not really sure how we're going to fit it into 90 minutes, but we will. Yeah. I well, mean, we're good fans at fitting big things into tight spaces. So <laughs> I'm sure we'll make it. It's 3:30 on a Sunday. Please, let's keep it. Let's keep it G-rated. Well, not on Crony Out and 3CR Community Radio. If you just tuned in, I'm Iris, and I'm joined in the studio with. Um, George and Mama. Um, Hello. Hello. (laughs) Well, you know, so the lineup, we have Mama Outer and Mix Monroe will be hosting and we'll also be doing some of our own performances with the amazing William Elm on the piano and that's going to be fabulous. Creatrix Tiara, the queer lady magician who's a non-binary wonder and a furious brown femme. Uh, We have some visual art from Liam Dooley, who's an artist who regrounds trans bodies as intricate and complex rather than as stereotypes. Uh, we have poetry and comedy from the enchantress Nikki Vevica. We have the utterly revolting, this is a self-description, yeah. the utterly revolting two-spirit mess Weird Alice, yeah. glamdrogynous drag deity Glitter Fist, genderfuck supernova Jessica McCurley. Am I allowed to say fuck on, on the air? Oh, we gave a language warning for the previous interview. Sorry, oh, that's okay. <laughs> um, Comedian Hannah Abuthnot, cabaret provocateur Six Inches Uncut, Cheeky striptease artist Commander Q, uh, Iris Lee. Uh, yeah, uh, do you know? Do you know her? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fury, the poet, um, non-binary author and activist Nevo Zisin, uh, Alexand, who is a ritualist with a heart full of art and an art full of heart, playwright, author, and poet Charlie O'Grady, and. Um, I have a feeling there's more. I just can't remember yeah. them all. But it's a, it's a huge collection. Theodore Murray is stage manager and, and co-MC, if I forget mm-hmm. who I'm introducing mm-hmm. next. Yeah. And uh, it's it's quite epic. It's quite epic. It's going to be an epic <laughs> night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's going to be great. Mm, yeah. What feedback have you had about the show? Well, so we've had a, a whole bunch of trans and gender diverse people who are like, this is great. It's so great that at the Fringe Hub, there's an event that's about us and for us and by us. And then we've had a whole bunch of people complain mm. about the pricing structure for the show. And I feel like when you get people complaining, that's that's when you know you're doing your job right. If you're If an activist does something to try and redress social oppression and no one complains, it's like, you know, a tree falling in the woods. It's like one of those parables, mm, right? But mm. the story was, in my initial discussions with Melbourne Fringe, um, I was surprised, actually, and this is to do with the culture shift that I've been mm. had the pleasure of witnessing from Fringe. Fringe suggested to me, before I had to suggest to them, a discount ticket price for trans and gender community members. And I was just, I was so touched. And, um, you know, in the annual reports, which I read every year, They've now started doing demographic figures for non-binary and agendered uh, attendance, uh, which is not that many festivals actually measure that in their annual reports of who actually the community that they're servicing is. In their measurements of their artists, the numbers every year of trans and gender diverse and LGBTIQA plus artists has risen uh, by uh, almost by doubling every year I would say and all of the bathrooms at the fringe hub are now gender neutral um, use which you identify with bathrooms and so that kind of monumental culture shift was even more evident to me when it was Simon Abrahams who actually said to me oh and of course we'll give you a discount ticket price for 
trans and gender diverse community members to come along. I said, oh, that's so great. You know, it's so great when you don't have to fight for that in Mm. an institution. So then I rested on my laurels. I got complacent and thought, oh, good, I don't have to fight on this point. Then we've had quite a few complaints flooded in, actually, to me, to my email account through my Facebook page, and also, most disturbingly to me, to other cast and crew members. Mm. And that is when it became unacceptable to me and I had to make a public statement because if people confront me, I think, you know, I'm a tough, slightly older than a lot of the artists who I work with, brown trans lady, like, sure, you shots fired. Mm. But when they start coming after some some of the other people I work with who are not in control of the project and especially who are younger than me, that's when I thought I needed to make a public response. So, you know, and I found it to be quite a ridiculous kind of beat up because the full price is $30, the concession price is 15 the group price is 15 companion card holders are free, early bird prices were 10 to 15 They're not enormous ticket prices when compared to the Live Performance Australia did a study that the average ticket price for a performance event in Australia is $83. Yeah, They're quite um, low. Gosh. It's free for fringe pass holders and, but for trans and gender diverse community members, it is it is ten dollars mm. at a discount price because on average, Trans Nation did a study in twenty seventeen uh, or twenty sixteen that found out that on average, trans people in Australia and New Zealand uh, earn up to fifty percent uh, less, and in most cases one third less than their cisgender pa- counterparts in similar jobs. So it's actually about inclusion. It's actually about making sure the people that this show is for and by and who will benefit the most from seeing it will actually be able to come to the show. And then, and we don't talk about class enough in Australian social Mm, justice and activism politics. And the thing is, in terms of class, I have never policed at my shows who has bought a concession ticket and who has bought a full fare. I don't care if someone doesn't have a government-mandated concession entitlement if you can only afford the concession ticket and you buy the concession ticket, you're getting into my show. We're not going to be make you pay full price. If someone genuinely cannot afford $30 and can afford 10 but is not trans and gender diverse and buys the $10 tickets, I'm not going to police that. But that's not what the complaints were about. The complaints were about the reverse discrimination, that a $30 ticket, we were discriminate, discriminating yeah. against cisgender, heterosexual people, and how could we, who always talk about equality, be so discriminatory? And it was just just a situation where our efforts for inclusion and access, which are two of the things that are very dear to me, um, were misconstrued as discrimination, as reverse discrimination. And I was, I just, I thought, you know, I'm not going to stand for that. So I thought I'm going to clear it up. I posted an enormous essay on my social media with all the stats and just thought, yes, you know, we have a discount ticket price to service our community for access and inclusion. Here's why. And here are the facts so that you can't turn around and say to me, you're just basing this on feeling. You're just basing this on subconscious bias. I'm just like, how many times uh, do you get a discount for something because you're a part of the community? You know, like there are so many things where it's like you've got a membership so you get a discounted ticket price to something. Like it's not it's not a new concept that we're inventing. It's not something people haven't benefited from mm. from ages. It's just that, you know... If we- you're a MasterCard subscriber, you get this Ticketmaster discount. If mm. you're American Express, you get the Beyonce presale. It happens so many times, but it's only when it mm. becomes about 
about giving a place to marginalised people that it becomes a problem and I'm not here for it. (laughs) Things that we have time for, that's probably not one of them. No. So that was some of the feedback for the show, but by and large, the rest of the feedback. But the by feedback and large, that matters yes. was all good. Was all, and by and large is pun intended, B-I by, because it is by visibility mm-hmm, day. Mm-hmm. There's a beautiful picnic going on. Uh, I forget which gardens, but, you know, on, on the corner of Spring Street and uh, Flinders Street, those gardens there, there's a beautiful picnic oh, for yeah. the by community. That's Treasury mm. Gardens. Yes. And, uh, you know, so by and large, B-I, uh, by inclusion and, and visibility day, by and large, the feedback has been really great, and we can't wait to bring the community together in this beautiful way. Mm. And yeah, uh, yeah, shout out to all the by listeners and by visibility day. Um, it's very exciting. It's very exciting. exciting. Um, so moving on from that feedback and moving on from trans magic, just going to touch on in a small amount of time both your respective sort of art making at the moment what's going on for you um mr monroe what is going on you're working on some voice stuff i am working on some voice stuff um solo show solo show (laughs) i'm actually pretty excited i'm singing at um a friend's wedding coming up so i've been working on that lately which has been very exciting to build up um my full thing and i've started flirting with some ideas of what i would like to potentially turn into my first solo show and being the classical nerd that I am I'm figuring out how I could turn that into my honours thesis at uni and just have it as a cabaret assessment I'll see how academia likes that Mm. but yeah just been working on me working on my skill set and hopefully I'll have some other more exciting stuff to announce soon yeah exciting I hope so Mm. um you have seen that you have appeared in bookstores recently, Mama. Yes. Um, so one book was was launched a month ago in Sydney, and it has its launch this week, and its Melbourne launch this week at Howler on on Wednesday, um, mm-hmm. and that's Queer Stories, which is a book uh, gathering some of the stories from Maeve Marsden's amazing live storytelling event, uh, and it's amazing to be published and to see it in bookstores, mm. and it's a beautiful collection of writing from some amazing contributors and I'm quite honoured to be amongst them and then the other book is the Living and Loving and Diversity book which is published by the AGMC conference that I was at today it launched on Friday uh, and that has a huge range of I think it's over 100 contributors yeah, wow. uh, discussing the lay of the land of, of you know surveying the current state of of multicultural queer people in this country that we now call Australia um, and my chapter to that was a survey of uh, queer people of colour working in the arts and creative industries in Melbourne at the moment, in Nam, the place that we now falsely attribute to being called Melbourne. Uh, yeah. <laughs> are my politics showing? Oh, I'll just cover, <laughs> cover that up. And um, so two books in the bookshops and several projects that I'm working on uh, with Midsummer. We're waiting for the Midsummer program announcement to tell you all about them, mm. as well as projects for our... Adelaide Fringe, Adelaide uh, Fringe you, which was announced yeah. this week. Uh, I wouldn't be able to go to Adelaide Fringe if it weren't for the Adelaide Fringe grants. Um, it's incredibly expensive to tour as a solo artist. So uh, I, I received that this week. So I this week found out I will, in fact, be going to Adelaide Fringe for the first time since 2013. And I'm yeah, well, so excited because it is the second largest fringe festival in the world. And it is a great place because... 
unlike unlike at um, the rest of the year, during those big fringe festivals, Melbourne Fringe is quite similar actually, but particularly at Adelaide and at Edinburgh Fringe, the two biggest ones, most of your audience is other artists because you all get to gather together and see each other's shows and do your shows and, and run around on your pass and see five or six other artists a night and you're staying right in the centre of it all. Whereas the rest of the year in your hometown, doing all your own other work, it's very hard to get to each other's shows. Mm. And that's what I love the most about that kind of festival. Yeah. Um, so we have unfortunately about reached the end of, end of our show today here in Queering the Earth, 3CR Community Radio. Um, thanks for coming in, uh, Mama and George. Thank you. Thank you for having us. It's been a pleasure to have you both. Um, you can contact us on our, on our Facebook page, Queering the Air, or on our Twitter, or you can email us at queeringtheair at gmail.com. Next up is Hips Hips to Hop. Um, you can tune in uh, to Queering the Air again three to four Sundays next, every Sunday. Um, bye, listeners. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.